At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. It is game day for the Chicago Bulls tonight. They get a chance to avenge their past couple of losses and really frustrating ones at that as they get potentially a favorable matchup based on what's occurred in the past in Atlanta against the Hawks tonight. And I'll have a preview of that going into the full game analysis, props, and much more here on this Thursday edition of the Chicago CityCast. Presented by Bet Rivers, Danny Burke, your host here as always. And not only will we be discussing the Bulls game tonight, but we'll be discussing another Chicago professional team being the Blackhawks. Do they have a chance? Well, I'll leave that up to you to decide, but you're probably assuming where I stand on the matter, and it's more than likely going to be a no, but that doesn't mean we're going to ignore the preview of the game. We'll see if it's worth a play on Edmonton. You know, they're kind of like my bad luck team being Chicago this season, but still we are going to dissect the matchup and talk all things about it. But let's go ahead and kick things off with this Bulls preview this evening on the road against Atlanta. You feel good in the sense that it's against the Hawks, right? The Bulls are 3-0 and straight up and against the spread when they have played against Atlanta this season. They beat them 130-118, to 131-117, to and the game that we cashed in on last Thursday, they defeated the Hawks at the United Center 112-108. to What's been happening recently? Well, the Bulls have been struggling. I mean, that game against the Grizzlies, that was more so of a respectable loss. You know you could have won with a healthy team. You know it should have been closer based on what happened at the end of the game. You should have tied it. You shouldn't have had such a big drought to come back from in the first place, but that's neither here nor there as of this moment. The Heat game, that's a different conversation. You heard me rant on it. Everybody's ticked off about it because there's a narrative you can't hang with the big boys, and did that game ever prove it? The Hawks are a team that's not a big boy. They're pretty much your... I, I, I For this situation, I'd put them even right now. Or a little bit worse. I mean, record, yes, or worse, and... You know, at home, you've obviously taken care of business and even on the road. But based on what we have seen as of late, do we trust the Chicago team with their home and road splits right now? They can't play well on the road. It's just what's happened. 15 and 14 road record, I think, is what it is now. Do we press the panic button? Well, if they get embarrassed by the Hawks, maybe. Maybe. For DeRozan MVP, absolutely, but for the playoffs, maybe not as much because, again, you still realize they don't have their full team. 
When we talked about this game on Tuesday, I told you I thought this thing would open up at a pick'em. I thought based on what happened with the Bulls against the Heat, this little drought they're in, and for the fact they had just beaten Atlanta, and then the Hawks will get a chance at revenge not only from that game, but just to get any win against the Bulls and at home to where the Bulls struggle on the road more so, I figured it'd be a pick'em. Well, currently it's almost at about a pick'em. Right now, you are seeing the Bulls. Let me get the exact number as I refresh my page. But the Bulls are a point and a half favorite. So it was actually one the last time I checked it. But Moneyline Chicago is minus 121 at Bet Rivers, Atlanta plus 102. Total at 232.5. This line actually opened 4.5 in favor of Chicago. Now, it's not solely because of just the Bulls maybe being the better team and what they've done in the past. Obviously, that is factored into this spread, but it's because Trey Young is questionable going into this game. He busted up his ankle. I think him and Marcus Smart collided in that last game. They lost to the Celtics after blowing a 17-point lead, and he hurt his ankle in that game. He still ended up pretty solidly with his stats, but um, he said his ankle was getting stiffer as the game progressed. So he's questionable going into this game. I'm always going to factor it in with the sense that he's going to play. Now, does that mean he's going to be 100%? Probably not. And you also have to consider this, really the struggles he's had against Chicago. He's been limited, and this is all relative to him, but he's been limited to 23 points per game on 33% shooting versus the Bulls. Heck, Ayodesumu shut him down, right? I think he only had like 14 points. But a majority of them, like eight, came from the charity strike. Now, his three-point prop is one that I've been very interested in as of late. Against the Bulls, I looked at it and I was like, yeah, but I don't want to bend under with Trey Young. But then the last game they're in, I think it was the one against the Celtics, I took his under three-point attempts, and that one actually came through. And especially if Io can lock him down again, that may be something to consider if he is going to play tonight. They don't have his props posted because of the uncertainty as of the moment. But Trey Young is questionable, so that's maybe why it opened up the four and a half. But now you've seen big movement, three points worth down to one and a half. John Collins, big man for the Hawks, still probably not going to be playing. He's doubtful for this matchup. So do you think the Bulls have what it takes to bounce back, get the job done against Atlanta? My thoughts have changed a little bit on this. Originally, I was kind of sulking in the sadness of getting embarrassed by the Heat, not beating the Grizzlies in a spot you probably should have beat them. And again, I said this should be a pick and at this point I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they lost. But because you're still missing John Collins and another guy and Trey Young, even if he's playing, may not be 100%. Io shut him down before. I think this Bulls team should and probably will come into this game pissed off. Right? I mean, you heard Levine defending Billy Donovan for getting a little bit of criticism. DeMar DeRozan saying, man, I'm kind of glad the 30-point streak is over. Which, he's probably not actually glad in the sense of not getting 30 points, but it's more so just because it keeps getting talked about and the pressure of it is, is what he was alluding to. So you can play with the monkey off your shoulder a little bit if you're DeMar DeRozan, right? Maybe there's not as much pressure in that sense. There's pressure to win this game for sure, but it's a team you have had familiarity with, you have had success with. And the Bulls, what benefits them too, they got a nice little reset here. 
Now, yes, going on the road to Miami, tough loss. You'd think, oh, next game, it's going to be even worse. Well, they've had two days to rest, which is nice. That's the benefit to the Bulls here. They've had time to recollect their thoughts. They've hopefully made a good game plan, knowing that they've played them three times and what to expect. Now you just need them to execute. You need them to play from up above, right? I mean, you can't be trailing, in my opinion, on a road, in, in a road game. It's not going to be successful. You've done it at home and have been able to come back, but I, I don't trust you doing it against this hungry Hawks team. DeRozan's got to get going early. Ideally, Booch gets going early, man. And aside from just needing that offense to get up to the early start, which they should be able to do so against a very poor defense, your defense needs to step up. You guys can't have dumb mistakes on the defensive side of the ball like you did against Miami. They exposed the crap out of you. And you know what's funny? You made Miami look like the most intelligent team in this league. Then they play the Hawks last night, or excuse me, then they play the Bucks last night. The Bucks made the Heat look like they didn't know what the hell they were doing at the end of that game. They blew a lead and they couldn't even pass the damn ball inbounds, and then they're turning it over. That's what they did to the Bulls, and now the Bucks just did that to the Heat. So that really shows you where the rankings should stack with the Eastern Conference teams as at this point. I get it. Each game is their own, and the Bulls will get a chance to do it tomorrow against the Bucks, but man, I just can't see this team hanging with the big boys until they get healthy. But luckily for them, the Hawks ain't the big boys, albeit they are still talented. Let's look into the numbers for this game. Offensively, when we've been addressing this team for the Bulls, guys, they've been pretty much like fourth in offensive points per possession. Well, now they've dropped to six in offensive points per 100 possessions. These numbers courtesy of cleaning the glass. They're at 114. An offensive effective field goal percentage, they're fifth. They're 55%. So not bad. The benefit for the Bulls here, despite them dropping a little bit, is Atlanta ranking 27th in defensive points per 100 possessions and allowing opponents 114.3. And they're 25th in defensive effective field goal percentage at 54%. The Bulls, this is their... Ideal matchup, right? It'd be more ideal if Atlanta's offense wasn't too or just almost as good, if not better, and the Bulls' defense was only a little bit better than the Hawks' defense, but you get my point. The Bulls can hang with anybody if they have a crap defense. Now, 37% of the Bulls' shots come from mid-range. That's third most in the NBA. We We've addressed this. And the Hawks, and this is pretty much the same game plan or strategy and thought process we had last Thursday. Hasn't been a lot of games in between because the Hawks are still allowing opponents to make about 42% of their shots from mid-range, which is 17th in the NBA, bottom half. In terms of the half-court offense, Bulls rank fourth. Half-court defense, Hawks rank 24th. Bulls in transition is where they thrive. Folks, they're second in transition offense. Hawks are 29th in transition defense. That can be your difference maker right there. Can the Bulls get out and run? And again, I, I believe we had this exact same conversation last Thursday when they played. But it's the truth. 
That's how the Bulls can make opponents pay. Off the rebound, you got so much athleticism with Javante Green, with Io DeSumo, with Zach Levine, with Derek Jones Jr., with DeRozan even when he gets up from time to time. Booch follows on some of these missed transition buckets. If you had Caruso and Lonzo Ball, you'd probably be number one in transition. But you're still top of the rankings despite missing them. And Atlanta ain't going to get back on defense to stop you. Levine, go off. Push it right away. He did that in glimpses against the Heat because he knows that's how he can attack and at the very worst, draw a foul and get to the line. He knows to do that tonight against Atlanta. A team that's 29th in transition defense, where the Bulls are second in transition offense. Big benefit to the Bulls. But it's not all beneficial to the Chicago team as we know. The Hawks ain't too shabby offensively, folks. In fact, they're actually better than the Bulls in offensive points per 100 possessions, ranking third. But they're a little bit lower in effective field goal percentage. They're eighth. The Bulls rank 19th in both defensive points per 100 possessions and defensive effective field goal percentage. Bulls are 19th. So they're not great defensively, but they're not as bad as the Hawks. Now, collectively as a unit, for Atlanta in their shot selection, a majority of their shots come from beyond the arc, 35% to be exact. Now, I'm beating the dead horse, but for anyone who doesn't know or just to get an update, the Bulls still are one of the worst teams defending the three in the NBA. They're allowing opponents to make 37% of their three-point attempts, which ranks 28th. Nothing has improved on that front. Half-court offense, Hawks are actually better than you. They're second. But defensively, Bulls are 20th, not as bad as Atlanta's 24th in the half-court defense. But again, this is where you can thrive. The Hawks are 9th in transition offense, which isn't bad. But compared to your second, man, you should have the big advantage. Well, the Bulls aren't the best in transition defense. or 25th, so yeah, that hurts a little bit. But I would definitely take the second in transition offense, which the Bulls have, against the Hawks' 29th in transition defense, Versus the Hawks, ninth offensively, and the Bulls, 25th defensively. So again, I still believe that's where the Bulls can make their cake tonight. So originally, this was going to be a stay-away game for me. Because before the Trey Young injury, I actually thought this was going to be a solid spot for the Hawks. And it still might be. But now, look, Trey Young could be out. But even if he's going, do we know that he's going to be 100%? And again, we've seen him get shut down in the last game by Ayo DeSumo. I kind of, I have, let me put it this way. As a fan, I have more confidence in the Bulls winning this game. And as a fan, I'd probably be like, you know what? Maybe I'd toss a few bones on the Bulls. But as an objective sports better, trying to be unbiased, trying to make the most quality over quantity type of bets, I still think the best option might just be to stay away. Because I still give the advantages to the Bulls, so I'm not running to the counter to want to bet Atlanta, folks. And the Bulls are good enough just to win this game like they've done three other times against the Hawks. But you've seen their struggles as of late. How do they respond? That's the thing. That's what Billy's talking about. And that's what's going to kill him in this postseason. You have to go through some of this adversity. You have to get chiseled to be looking like a solid statue, right? To get that gold statue, you got to get chiseled. You got to get beaten up to make perfection and to become a champion and a winner. So these are some of the growing pains right now. 
but you can correct them. You can take advantage of the situation, two days off, banged up team, a team you've beaten three times, don't get complacent. And realistically, now this is, of course, all speculation, and theoretically, if they beat the Heat or even beat the Grizzlies or it was a closer game against the Heat or whatever, you know, maybe they come into this game against Atlanta knowing they they had beaten them three times and they're kind of coming in a little bit more lackadaisical going, ah, you know, we beat them, we'll be all right. So maybe this was a wake-up call. Maybe this is something they needed to spark to get the job done in this game, whereas if they didn't have those mishaps prior, they come in a little bit more loose in a bad way. Not a comfortable loose to where they're just being comfortably or comfortably having success. They're loose in the sense that they don't have that extra motivation or gear. But man, what we saw in that Heat game, they played like they knew they didn't belong. They played like they knew they were nowhere near as good, as deep, as talented, as energetic as the Miami Heat. You cannot play like that against the Hawks, a team that you are better than. And I don't think they will. I do think they have a way better performance, and I do believe it's going to come down to the wire. And for my mental health and my heart rate and blood pressure, it may be best not to get involved financially. But you know what I say, it always could be best to do an in-game type of wager. This game might be one that's good for that more than any other one. But I think, of course, there are some other betting opportunities we can look toward. And that's going to be with some of these player props, naturally. Let's begin talking about our guy, DeMar DeRozan. DeRozan is very fond of this Atlanta team because, well, he's averaging about 31 points per game against them on 63% shooting. He's gone over his points prop, which is set at now 28.5 with the juice on the under. That's right. It's finally come back down. But it's set at 28.5, and he's gone over that in two out of three games versus the Hawks. December 27th at Atlanta, dropped 35. A couple days later, December 29th versus Atlanta, only dropped 20. But then last Thursday, you know the heroics he displayed at the United Center versus Atlanta. He ended up with 37 points. Now this season overall, DeRozan's average is at 28 per game, and he's gone over 28.5 points in 28 out of 58 games. As we know, a majority of his shot attempts come from mid-range, 70% to be exact, and he makes 50% of them. The Hawks are allowing opponents to make 42% of their shots from mid-range, like we mentioned, 17th in the NBA. So I'm probably not someone who's going to bet this over for DeRozan tonight. It's still worth addressing, of course, just to see where this number is altering to. And I guess if you were someone before who was like, ah, I don't want to jump in on his props now because it's gotten too high. It's too inflated. And when I bet it, it's inevitably going to lose. If you were someone like that and you're looking to finally get in on a DeRozan prop that's appropriately priced, this is probably your game. Realistically, if he wasn't going so ballistic, it should probably be like 26 and a half. But 28 and a half makes sense to me in terms of where the books are going to put it at because they know they're going to get flooded with over money. And again, look, what what response are you going to get out of tomorrow? I'm not going to lie. DeRozan looked like he kind of quit in that last game against the Heat. I'm not saying it ill will. I love DeRozan. I'm rooting for him more than anybody because of our MVP tickets. But he didn't want to bring the ball up. He was gassed. I'm not saying he quit like, ah, oh, screw this. Like, he was just tired. 
He looked very worn out in that game. And when you're doing what he's doing over the course of that long a time with the pressure and the expectations, it's going to happen. But he's had two days off. He's crushed this team before. He can do it again. So yes, I probably would lean over for DeRozan, but I need to see that response. Last game was his worst game in quite some time, folks. 18 points. You think there's going to be the big adjustment now to 29 or 30? There could be against Atlanta, absolutely. I'm just not willing to financially invest in that. I'm hoping for it. I'm absolutely rooting for it, but we'll see. But there is a guy I think you should consider betting for his player prop. And that's going to be Zach Levine tonight. Now, Zach Levine, we know, is still dealing with the knee issue, and he's going to play through it until the offseason. But he still is looking pretty explosive for the most part. And it's just a very favorable matchup for him against the Hawks. Another guy who has thrived against his team offensively. Levine averaging 25 points per game on 54% shooting and 52% from beyond the arc against the Hawks. December 27th dropped 30. December 29th dropped 25. Last Thursday, first game back, dropped 20 points. But his prop tonight, folks, they've usually been setting it at 23.5 or 24.5. They're giving you 22.5. A little bit of juice on the over, minus 125. But I will gladly take the over 22.5 points with Levine, who's averaging 24.5 points per game this season and has eclipsed the 22.5 points prop mark in 34 out of 50 games. And he's gone over it two out of three times versus Atlanta. The last game, he still managed to get 20, but that was with the Mar drop at 37 and Levine's first game in quite some time. The Hawks are allowing opponents to make 66% of their shots at the rim. Guys, that's 22nd worst. And 36% from beyond the arc, 24th worst. 37% of his shot attempts come from beyond the arc. 33% come at the rim. He's making 69% at the rim and 40% from three. If there was ever a team that Levine has a big advantage on, it is the Atlanta Hawks. Not only do they struggle everywhere defensively, but even more so in the two spots that is Zach Levine's preferred destination to score buckets. So I'm taking Zach Levine over 22.5 points tonight at minus 125. Now, I think in that Thursday game, we actually took him over his three-point field goals made prop of 2.5 as well, if I'm not mistaken, and he stayed under it. But if you are curious, I did want to address this. So his three-point field goals made prop is at 2.5, over is minus 120, under is minus 110 or so. He's averaging 2.83 pointers made on over seven attempts per game. He's gone over this mark in 24 out of 50 games. Remember, he's gone over his 22 and a half in 34 out of 50 games. But he's gone over it in two out of three games against the Hawks. He's averaging four three-pointers made on 7.7 attempts against the Hawks, 52.2%. Went five of eight the first game, five of seven the second game, two of eight the third game. And I think that's the one where we were sweating it out because we took over two and a half. And he had a lot of good looks, just couldn't knock it down. So if you told me you were betting his three-point field goal mark over, I, I wouldn't disagree with you at all. I just kind of like the fact that he's gone over the 22 and a half a lot more. And I like 
how bad Atlanta is in their transition defense and how athletic and dominant and useful Levine is and can be in transition offense. I think he'll get a lot of looks there. He was very aggressive in trying to do that against the Heat. And he can be successful with it against the Hawks for sure. So that's not going to help you necessarily as much with the three-point field goals. I'm not going to say that that's limiting him from taking three-point shots. He'll still get his seven, eight shots a game. But I just think it's a little bit more advantageous to going over his points of 22 and a half. So that's what I'm betting tonight. Only play as at this point. Because we don't know the news of Trey Young. Again, I would look for maybe him under his three-point field goal attempts or depending where his points prop is, not only because of the injuries, but because just how he's been shut down against the Bulls. So Zach Levine over 22.5 points is the play for tonight, minus 125 to the over. A lean to the Bulls on the money line, wait for in-game, and depending on where Trey Young's points and three-point attempts or shots made are at, would gravitate toward the under for that spot. Let me know what you're playing. At Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. We'll sweat this thing out together, baby. But the Bulls need it. Let's hope they come through. All right, coming up next. Speaking of teams needing a dub, how about the Chicago Blackhawks? Can they get the job done tonight? The return of Duncan Keith with the Edmonton Oilers. How are we feeling about this game? Your answer should be not too good, and that would be the correct answer. But is there an opportunity to see some value with the Hawks? Well, I'll let you know next right here on the Chicago CityCast. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide volunteer self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling one 800 gambler one 800 Okay, let's take it to the ice. Talk a little bit about Blackhawks hockey this evening, ladies and gentlemen. At the United Center, can the Blackhawks take care of business against the Edmonton Oilers? Edmonton opening up as a minus 150 favorite. Chicago at plus 130 at the opener. Currently, well, you still pretty much see the same. Edmonton minus 150. Chicago plus 128. Total. At 6, juice on the over, minus 121, under, plus 102. Hey, if you think Edmonton can win by two or more games, you're getting plus 165 value. If you want to take a puck in the half, a puck in the half excuse me, with Chicago, it's minus $2 on the odds. These teams have played twice already. Chicago's 1-1, Edmonton's 1-1. Edmonton won at home 5-2, but then Chicago won at Edmonton 4-1. Blackhawks as of this point 19 27 and 8 overall 9 14 and 4 at home Oilers sporting a record of 30 21 and 3 and on the road 16 10 and 3 Edmonton coming off a win at Philadelphia the other night 3 nothing Chicago hasn't played since Sunday but it was a gross loss versus the Blues for zip the return of Duncan Keith tonight folks should be a fun one to see him back at the UC did so much and just so many great things for this organization. If you didn't see the video, uh, his teammates holding the sticks up above to create like a tunnel for him walking into the locker room was really a cool sight. But I'm sure it will be a lot of emotions flowing for him. Maybe look at a player prop for him or something. But uh, 
No, it's really cool to see that. And obviously, all Blackhawks fans are grateful for what he provided to this organization for many, many years. But again, looking at this game, is there anything that tells you you should trust the Blackhawks? The short answer is no. But something that could encourage you, I suppose, is Taves has cleared concussion protocol and could be back tonight. And the Oilers are a little bit banged up with a couple of guys. And they average about 3.3 goals per game. They allow 3.2. But the Hawks offensively can't get anything going. They're only averaging 2.4 goals per game. And they allow 3.4. Some trends as of late. The Oilers, 7-3 in their last 10 overall. The Oilers are 5-0 their last 5 versus a team with a losing record. The Blackhawks, 7-19 their last 26 games as a home underdog. And they're 1-7-1 during their last Nine home games. Let's look at the goalie situation here. Miko Koskinen going to be tending the pipes for the Oilers this season, 19-8-2. Great record. However, goals against average a little bit higher than you'd want, 3.02. Save percentage of about 91%, or 90.5, excuse me. Um, I guess if you want to round it up, the 91 Nevertheless, on the road, he is 12-2-2. My goodness, his record on the road is actually tremendously better than at home. So at home, he's 7-6-0, 3.54 goals against average, save percentage of 88%. On the road, he's 12-2-2, 2.6 goals against average, 92% with his saves, and one shutout. Now, a lot of that could be taken into context. Who have you played? How good is that team? All of those things. But these are pretty apparent discrepancies. Makes it attractive to go with Edmonton. Marc-Andre Fleury, future Hall of Famer, tending the pipes for Chicago. 16-19-4 this season. 2.83 goals against average, 91% with his saves and four shutouts. Look, Fleury, terrible record, 16-19-4, but it's not his fault. I mean, for as bad as the Blackhawks are, guys, he still has a goals against average of sub- Three, which Koskinen, as we just talked about, with a great record, doesn't. That just shows he's on a crap team. 2.83, come on. Good for you, Andre. Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, yeah, I didn't want to call him Andre. I don't really know how that works with uh, with two first names, what the cool abbreviation to say is. So uh, let's pretend I didn't say that. <laughs> okay, but um, going more so with Marc-Andre Fleury here, what are his home and road splits? At home, 6-11-3. 3.02 goals against average, 90% with his saves. He has racked up two shutouts at home. On the road, he's done better. 10-8-1, 2.63 goals against average, and about a 92% save percentage um, on the road, and he's got two shutouts. And he has gotten a dub against the Oilers, and that game only allowed one goal. Stopped 40 of 41 shots, 97.5 save percentage. It's a one-game sample size, but he did well. Blackhawks rallied around him that game. But he doesn't do that well at home. Koskinen, a dog on the road. I don't know, man. I Like I've said, you know how I'm going to approach. I'm probably going to stay away. Despite Flurry doing good, I mean, look, all signs point toward taking Edmonton, right? I'm not in love with the idea of laying minus 150. That's why you've seen a little bit of momentum go toward the Blackhawks. You got some emotions with Keith coming back. You've got the goalie who's done very well on the road. You've got a team still fighting in the playoff competition. And you've got a team that's taken advantage in spots very similar to this. 
So to me, it would be Edmonton or nothing. I'll elect the latter more than likely and go nothing. But if I do get involved, maybe just throw a half unit or something on the Oilers just because you know what happens every time I get involved with a Blackhawks game. So uh, nothing too attractive on that end for this game. But we'll have much more action in the NHL tonight on my show Rush Hour. NHL expert over at VEASAN, Andy McNeil, will be joining us along with host of the Los Angeles City Cast, Danielle Alvari. And also what we will have featured on Rush Hour tonight is VEASAN's betting reporter, Josh Applebaum. If you're interested in all the line movements, where the sharp money is going, Josh will tell you for pretty much every sport, college basketball, NBA, and hockey, all three guests lined up tonight. 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time on VEASAN, on the Marquee Sports Network, Fubo TV, Sling TV, the Xfinity app, YouTube TV, iHeartRadio, so wherever you get your podcasts, and naturally, VSIN.com and the VEASAN app. That's going to do it for another edition of the Chicago CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Again, we will be back tomorrow for another Bulls game. Hopefully, we're feeling good. They got some good mojo, getting a dub against the Hawks. Levine scoring 25-plus, and then you're coming back with vengeance against the Bucks, who screwed you over, Grayson Allen did, against Alex Caruso. So that game is going to be rowdy in the United Center Friday night against your rival, against a team that screwed you. You almost beat with a depleted roster. Get the win tonight. Get the momentum. Gather up the motivation. And let's get the Bulls back-to-back dubs here, folks. But until tomorrow, best of luck with your plays and take care. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.